More resources available online at jennifer-jackson.org. This is Simply for Women. Oh, yes, it is. And I'm so glad that you stayed with the show because I have Dr. Deepa Halla-Harvey. She's from Ohio Health. She is a breast cancer surgeon, not only a doctor, but a surgeon. And she's a breast cancer survivor, which is huge. And we were talking about that yesterday, the day you received your diagnosis. And so we were on this journey in the, the power of parents and friends and clergy and all those people that come alongside us. So let, let's let's recap right there. How many people do you need to support you? You need a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So all those people, did you find, let's talk about support for a minute. And, and somebody listening, they maybe have been through any kind of diagnosis, it, maybe not breast cancer, but any diagnosis. How do you figure out your support and your friends and yeah. who helps you? I usually tell my patients uh, not to go and tell everyone quite yet as soon as they leave the office because people are very well-intentioned and they want to help mm-hmm. you. Um, but I think sometimes it gets overwhelming when too many people are telling you what to do or what you think mm-hmm. you should do. They all have great intentions. They yes. want to help you. But it just becomes too much and overwhelming. So I usually say first, just tell your immediate family and then, mm-hmm. you know, have that sub- and kind of take time to sort of deal with the diagnosis. Sometimes you have to yeah. grieve and, you know, go through all those emotions mm-hmm. and then just have just a few people uh, around you sub- for your support system. Mm-hmm. And with the cancer diagnosis, I say assign one person in your family who's going to answer your text messages and oh. things like that. Because every time you're talking to someone, you're reliving the story. So you're like talking about it over and over again. And that can be can be pretty burdensome. Oh, I think that was the best advice that you gave me. Yeah. I remember when I was diagnosed, I had I I did have all of these people advising me. Yeah. And so to kind of shrink that circle at the beginning was really helpful. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. But then you don't want to push away. Also, as time goes on, yes, you kind of open up a little more and a little more and a little more. Did you find that to be true? That's exactly how it happened. Yes. I actually didn't tell people for about six months or so. Mm. And then uh, because I wanted to deal with it, I was having some complications. So yeah. I needed, you know, to rest and get medications mm-hmm. and things like that. But then I found out when you don't talk about it, people <laughs> have their own stories or they mm-hmm. think, you know, um, something that's not really what's happening is going on. So it's better to just to come out and say exactly what happened, how you're dealing with Mm -hmm. it. And I also find that any sort of adversity gives us an opportunity to show others, especially our kids, Mm -hmm. how we deal with adversities and how, you know, we're going to have adversities in life all the time. Like Mm -hmm. this is, cancer is not the only thing. And I tell that to my kids and I've seen my kids be more compassionate and more, more resilient. And I think we have to show our kids that we're relying on God first of all and foremost that's important for them to watch that mm-hmm. and uh, because they're going to experience their own adversities and then they can look back and say, okay, this is how my mom dealt with it. Yeah. She really relied on God. And, uh, and I think that teaches them to do that for themselves. So mm-hmm. did you find that you had to be honest? Like yes. Gut level honest with certain people? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. Um, you know, again, very well intentioned people have their own <laughs> ideas and what you should or shouldn't have done. And uh, mm-hmm. and it was interesting when I started having complications, the same people who said what they would have done now, mm. they are not would have not done those things. Right. So they're not in your shoes. Right. So it's really hard to give mm-hmm. advice to people with what you're going through. So and what about the people that they're they are well intentioned, but it they do care. But you feel as if I think you told me it's as if you're reliving a car wreck. Yes. 
over every and time over. you have to every share time it. you have to share the mm-hmm. story you're reliving it and i don't think it's physically good for your brain or you know or mentally mm-hmm. for your brain or physically for your body because you're experiencing all those emotions over yeah. and over again i don't think that's good for you so yeah i think that's important is to protect yeah. your emotions yes. in the process so that you can heal physically you can heal physically and emotionally as well because there's an emotional piece to this yes absolutely yeah so we let's get back onto your story yes so so you were you decided to become a breast cancer surgeon right and then and then what happened then you know like i said i prayed you know my dad always said whatever you do be great at it so <laughs> my prayer was what, how, what can i do to be the best breast surgeon mm-hmm. and of course the results you know came back or the prayer answered prayer was my breast cancer diagnosis and um, I dealt with complications for mm. like about a year or so. And then it really, all those complications actually made me stronger. And actually the God was preparing me because there is no surgery that doesn't have risks and complications, yeah. right? And right. so now if a woman has complications such as my own, which were infection, I can reach out to a woman and mm-hmm. say, please hang in there. I went through this myself. Yeah. You're going to get through it. Right. And so it allows me to give them that hope. And then mm-hmm. they see me doing well right now. So they know whatever mm-hmm. they're going through is going to be temporary. And I think that's another reason I've been through those things is all of these things that I've been through, including the cancer. I am so glad and I'm so grateful. I would have never said those words early oh, on. Sure. But now I am because I can tell a woman like, I'm here. This is my calling. This mm-hmm. is where I belong. I'm supposed to take care and help these women. But I've also walked in your shoes. And I don't want to be too dramatic. My can- cancer was early stage. I did not need to get chemotherapy, mm-hmm. but I did have surgery, had complications from surgery. I do have to take medication, sure. which prevents cancer from coming back, which also has its own side effects. Yes. So those are all the things I can relate to women and, mm-hmm. and tell them. And so my job really doesn't feel like a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like I'm serving God at work. Mm-hmm. And I serve God by taking good care of these women. Let's talk about that a minute. How yeah. how can you have faith in the workplace when it's such a, a it's a secular job? It's yeah. a great job, and it is a yeah. ministry to women. Yeah. But how do, how do you sh- how do you share that, or how do you show? You know, that? it's very interesting. I keep thinking someone someday is going to send me a note or a letter or something to tell me, you know, because I do pray with my with my patients, and I ask mm. them. I always get permission, and if they say yes, then I will pray with them, and. Um, and I've never, I mean, there's only been one person who um, have said no to prayer. Yeah, and right. I will just say, I'll just walk out of the room and pray. And I pray for my patients. If I have surgery so the next good. day, I go to bed praying, you know, about mm. them and thinking about them. And I recently had to get the sign on top of my bed. It said, give it to God and go to sleep. Oh, that's good. I like that <laughs> because, sign. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I've just been staying up because I have, very, I have lots of young women. My, mm. I just diagnosed a 19-year-old last oh. week with breast cancer. I can't so my imagine. heart is very heavy in wanting to how I can best help them. And sometimes you can get carried away emotionally. Sure. Um, and so I say, and you know, a friend of mine who works with me, nurse, and she said, Deepa, you're not supposed to carry all these burdens. Mm-hmm. You know, you're supposed to give it to God. And so um, that's how I... And that made so much sense because yeah. I am not that powerful. I cannot right. carry all these burdens and, yeah. and give it to God. And then it sort of like opened my eyes. And when mm. I walked into a store and I saw this sign, give it to God and go to sleep, <laughs> uh, it was really cool to see that. And um, of course, I still need a reminder. That's right. But uh, going back to how I, you know, serve God at work and, um, you know, I'm, no one has really said anything to me and I really hope they don't, you know, and, um, 
prayer and God, we need that, especially yes. when you're going through something like this. And people need faith. People need hope. They do. And the hope is so powerful in this world where constantly we have different strain of coronavirus. We have oh, our hospitals are full of patients mm. uh, with COVID and we need hope. We and, do. Uh, um, and it's really important. And I think faith and God really provides people mm-hmm. that hope. It provides me of that hope because I need that myself every sure. day. And, and they feel the love. Yes. And I think to know that you're cared for, to know that you're loved, and to know that you're prayed for. Yeah. That's so important. I don't think there's a better gift than prayer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if someone is praying for you, they genuinely mean that you mean so much to them, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that more than anybody else because you're always praying for other people. <laughs> when you pray, your hearts get close. That's who you're close to, the people you pray yes. for. Yes. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, if you don't like somebody, start praying for them. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you'll get close to them again. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. What's yeah. it like in that operating room? I mean, I yeah. just, wow. You know, I have always said, I feel presence of God in mm-hmm. surgery. And especially when I have spent a lot of time in prayer yeah. about that person. Um, I have taken care of one of my very close friend's wife. And um, I was a little nervous, you know. Sure. Because, you know, I've known this person mm. and, you know, that, that this couple had played a huge role in my life. And I prayed for a month every single night. And when I performed the surgery, it was almost like, I mean, I was there, but like God's presence was so much yeah. more bigger, you know. Mm. And, and I tell the residents, my faith in God gets stronger when I see that anatomy on the table. Yeah. That anatomy came from God. It's incredible, isn't it's it? It's incredible. And no two women's breasts are the same. Mm. And um, and to see that, you're, and, and before I became a breast surgeon, of course, I did general surgery residency, mm-hmm. and I worked as a general surgeon for a short period of time. Okay. Looking in the belly, looking at all the amazing. different organs, is just amazing how everything works together. And you feel the presence of God, and I do, for sure. I love that. I mean, even the eyeball is so fascinating, yes, isn't it? Is. it? It's very fascinating. I mean, don't very they say your, your intestines would wrap a football field? <laughs> yes, absolutely. There has to be a creator. <laughs> there has to be a creator. It just did not happen by accident, no. for sure. And uh, So intricate. Yes, very intricate. And, uh, and, and prayer really, I think, helps me calm myself down, yeah. too. So it's just so beautiful and so powerful. You're in that surgery and you're saying, I'm your hands and feet. I'm yes. here to serve you, God. Yes. Help us. Yes. Come alongside us. Yes. We need your power. Yes. That's yes. so encouraging. Yes. It's, it's so true. And God is so good. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. I'm Jennifer Jackson. And you've been listening to Simply for Women. It's been a great day today because we have had Dr. Deepa Halla Harvey. She's a surgeon, breast cancer survivor and a breast cancer surgeon. So I hope that you'll stay with us this week. We're going to talk about warning signs. Maybe we need to talk about what you need to look for just to make sure that you staying, you're staying healthy and, and how God, God is in the midst, prayer, so much more. So I'm so glad to be with you today. You've been listening to Simply for Women. I'm Jennifer Jackson. today's show has been a blessing to you as you seek to simply live out your faith to hear today's show again or to share it with a friend search simply for women wherever you get your podcasts or visit jennifer's website at jennifer-jackson.org that's jennifer-jackson.org thanks for joining us on simply for women take time today to simply be 
simply be with God.